Welcome to Brazen, a weekly podcast where we get down and dirty on how we can live a more bold, curious, and vibrant life. We are your hosts, Callie Hughes, a self-care coach and nurse practitioner, and Valerie King-Maller, a business growth and mindset coach. In this podcast, we are helping women stop people-pleasing and perfectionism, awaken their inner badass, and discover what can happen when we take the lead in our own life. Join us as we explore everything available to us when we brazenly take accountability for our life and well-being. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Brazen Podcast. We are your hosts, Callie and Valerie. And today we're going to be talking about how your insecurities are showing in your leadership, micromanaging edition. So before we dig into that, I want to share one thing that I am loving this week. And it's a podcast recommendation for you. It's called Influential Introvert, Communication Coaching for Professionals with Performance Anxiety. So the host is Sarah Mikatel, and I've found that I am loving this podcast because if you've been around for a minute, you probably have heard us talk about how I am a massive introvert while Valerie is very extroverted. We're kind of our own yin and yang. So this podcast is really helpful for me in, you know, kind of learning how to approach different types of situations. Like some of her episodes are like, when people interrupt you do this, when people take advantage, how to stop avoiding awkward situations, you know, talks about body awareness and why public speaking feels so terrifying sometimes for introverts. And So it's got a lot of really good practical tips in it and a lot of insights and, you know, helpful ways of kind of framing different scenarios in your mind so that you're approaching your leadership with confidence. And, you know, in leadership, a lot of times extroverts are kind of focused on and, you know, prioritized because you know it's like extroverts they love the public speaking they love the networking and all those things that we kind of think about when we think of leadership and while i actually enjoy public speaking i am not huge into networking and like you know being in big crowds and mingling that's like <laughs> just kind of my own personal hellscape <laughs> and so I really appreciate the fact that this podcast is focusing on the experience of being an introvert in leadership. I think it's a really unique angle to kind of, you know, focus on. So check that out. I'm pretty sure it's on all podcast platforms. So you should just be able to search influential introvert and find it. But we will also link it in the show notes so that you can jump right over there once you're done listening to this episode. So let's get into today's topic. We're in this series, How Your Insecurities Show in Your Leadership. And so far, we've talked about a lot of different you know, challenges that we might experience, especially 
early on in our leadership journey. So things from like not wanting to take all of your PTO or having difficulty in accepting feedback. Today, we're going to talk about micromanaging. And there's a lot of different ways that this can kind of manifest in your day-to-day. A lot of times this could be like not wanting to delegate or being a little bit obsessive about checking in with your teammates, you know, not kind of letting them have breathing room to figure things out themselves. So what we're going to dive into in this episode is where this like deep need to micromanage and feel in control comes from. And then a few tips to help you stop micromanaging quite so much. And it's going to be one of those things, like if this is describing you, it's going to be one of those things that takes time for you to kind of let go of. And it's going to take a little bit of, you know, focused effort on your part to kind of change your behaviors, but it's totally worth it because it's going to really help you grow in your own leadership, grow your team in their leadership and grow the business that you're working in general, whether it's your own business or if, you know, you're working as an employee there. So Val, do you want to dive in and start talking about where some of this micromanaging comes from? So number one, I think is a lack of trust in your teammates or your employees. And I don't know if that stems from like group projects in school or if just (laughs) you have a natural like tendency to not trust that your fellow teammates can do things in the way that you want them done. But a lot of times that micromanaging is just a a non-trust of your of the people that you're working with. And I think that we've talked about it in a previous episode that you have to go to work assuming that your teammates are trying to do the best job or that your employees are trying to do the best job. And so I think that, you know, you have to have some trust if you're going to work as a leader in any type of role. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that there's a big piece of it that stems from how you were treated when you were kind of like a budding leader yourself. Mm -hmm. And also just like throughout your life, you know, were, did people put trust in you to, and like, were confident that you were able to kind of figure things out on your own, or did you just kind of learn through seeing and experiencing people just lacking trust in you. So that can kind of manifest itself in your own leadership style. But just know that if that is your experience and kind of how it's showing up, then there are lots of ways to help work on fixing that, which we're going to dive into at Mm -hmm. the end of this episode. Number two is that it's an ego issue. You know, we might micromanage because we feel like we're the only ones who can do it the right way, which is not true. (laughs) (laughs) We might be, you know, 
doing it a certain way and feel like that's the right way to do it. And somebody else might approach it in a different manner. And you're like, oh, well, this is just confirmation. You know, nobody else can do it like me. Nobody else is doing it right. But I challenge that perspective because as the saying goes, there's more than one way to skin a cat. <laughs> and, you know, your approach may not actually be the most efficient or the most effective way. So you kind of have to check your ego a little bit when you're starting to step back from being so micromanaging and more just approach your employees and your teammates with curiosity. Like if they're doing something in a way that you had never thought of doing it, or you wouldn't do it that way, maybe instead of approaching them with sort of like an accusing, like, don't do it that way. That's not how we do it here. Maybe approach it more like, can you tell me why you decided to do it that way? I've never seen it done that way. Can you explain your thought process? Because, you know, a lot of times when we have this micromanaging mindset, it kind of ends up like trickling down into the mindset of like, you know, not believing that your employees or your teammates are smart enough to be able to figure things out, but they are like, they're able to solve problems and critically think. And, you know, if they make a mistake, backtrack and fix their mistake, you know, just giving them the space in order to do all of that is really important. So try to like take your ego out of it a little bit, because that's a lot of where micromanaging comes from. And number three is subconsciously wanting to prove your worth. And I think it comes from the concept that you don't want to be replaceable. And so by sort of micromanaging, it's almost like everything depends on you and your ability to move around all the pieces. And I think, you know, a lot of times that stems from just massive insecurity about your role in the company or just like how people perceive you. And so you just kind of make it so that everything depends on you personally. And as a leader, that's one of the biggest things you can do that hurts your reputation. And I remember when I was kind of a new leader, I had overheard someone saying that I was a micromanager and it was so hard to hear because I was like, I didn't think I was at all. I thought it was super collaborative. And I did realize that it came from not being sure if I was doing a good job and wanting to make sure that everything was like flowing based on what I expected or what I wanted. And it, because I wanted to prove that like everything that I was the one that made everything perfect. So I wanted to control everything. And you really don't necessarily always realize that you are doing that and you think that you're just like helping create a well-functioning company or whatever you tell yourself. But ultimately, a well-functioning company is a lot of moving pieces able to work kind of collaboratively. And so it's definitely a hard lesson to learn, but a good one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And similarly, when I was a new nurse, I kind of struggled with the same thing. And you know, my struggle was with never asking for help. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, basically 
prove that I was a really good nurse and could handle everything. And so even when I was like drowning, I would never ask for help. And I remember like one of my worst shifts when I was training as a new nurse, I was still in orientation and my preceptor kind of, we had been working together for quite a while, like probably several months. And he kept asking me like, what can I do to help you? What can I do to help? And I'm like, nothing. I'm good. I'm good. I've got this. (laughs) And so he got to a certain point where he stopped pushing and he's like, all right, I'm just going to let you drown a little bit here. And so he stopped. He didn't push me when I was like, nope, I'm good. I've got it. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And then he let me kind of flounder. And that was like one of the worst and most stressful shifts ever for me. And afterward, he took me aside and was like, you need to learn how to ask for help. Like you can't always do everything by yourself and you need to trust that other people can actually help you. And that was like a wake up call. And I remember I like went home and I was like crying in my car and it was all very dramatic, but that was a really good lesson, hard learned for me. So yeah, micromanaging, I come by it very naturally. So yeah, I can relate to that too. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit now about how you can stop micromanaging quite so much. So number one is just self-awareness. If I had never overheard that employee talking about me being a micromanager, I don't know that I ever would have. Well, hopefully eventually I would have discovered it, but I think a lot of times we don't even know we're doing it. And so just noticing when you seem to need to control every little piece of the day and also just how it's affecting the team. So if people don't seem super excited to be like working on a project with you, or if they kind of roll their eyes when you give them like 45 directions for one process, or, (laughs) you know, kind of just like noticing how people are sort of interacting with you is a great way to understand whether you are kind of slipping into the micromanagement realm. Yeah. And number two is active listening and sort of allowing your staff or your team to contribute during meetings or planning sessions. And this kind of goes back to the ego thing. You know, don't assume that because you are the leader or you're in charge of this particular project or aspect of the business that you are the only one who knows the best way to do things. Because a lot of times, And I think that this is kind of a issue in every single industry. There's always the leaders that think that because they've been doing it for so long, they know best. And certainly there is a lot of value in seniority and experience, but you also have to, you know, check your ego and accept that the people who are sort of, you know, working in, the front lines, so to speak, working directly with this project, they have a different perspective than you. And they might have seen, hey, if we maybe like do this in a different way, it might actually work better. And so you want to kind of create an environment that's safe enough where they feel 
that their input is valued and they can bring those ideas to you because it really might improve the process. It might improve the efficiency and the performance of the entire project. So take that into consideration too. Number three is to encourage decision-making within realistic boundaries. So I think, you know, taking that first small step of letting them make some sort of day-to-day decisions and maybe things that won't fully affect the flow of the business, but just so that you can be coaching them in that time to kind of help shape how they think and how, you know, their level of critical thinking about the business. And you can continue to like grow those boundaries like wider and wider as you have had more time to train them and to work on the critical thinking. Number four is to focus on the outcomes more than the process to get there. Like I said earlier, there's more than one way to skin a cat and your way is not always the best way. So if your teammates or your employees have some different ideas on ways that they can get to the same ultimate outcome, you know, it might be in your best interest and the best interest of your team to kind of let them go and see how they would approach the project. Because either it's going to open your eyes to a new way to get it done, or they're going to learn a valuable lesson that maybe taking all of these other detours isn't the best way and that the process is the process for a reason. You know, it's either way, it's a really good learning experience for you and for the team. So, you know, if there's a big deadline, I would just kind of keep an eye on that. And, you know, if it really seems like they're going down a rabbit hole or losing track of time, you know, maybe just pointing that out and working with them rather than like jumping in and fixing it for them, but let them kind of figure out a process and, you know, maybe try some different things just for the sake of innovation. Yeah. Number five is to offer healthy and constructive feedback along the way, but I would caution not to critique if it's not something that's going to profoundly affect the business. So it's, there's nothing wrong with coaching them and saying that might not have been the most efficient way, but like, great job. But if it's not going to like make a huge difference, if it's just like slightly different than the way that you would do it, and it's not something that's going to change the course of the business or affect your clients or your you know, profits or any of that stuff, then don't necessarily like critique every little step along the way, because that just creates like an element of non-trust with your employees. And I think one of the best ways to open up the discussion about delegation is to say, hey, I'm giving you the ability to make decisions in these situations. And I may come back and give you some feedback about how we could have done it more efficiently or more consistently. But like, I want you to know that you have the power to do that. And like, I'll be here to kind of catch you if you need help, but also to give you the feedback so that you can continue to grow in that role. And I think that can already set the tone for your relationship into the delegation field (laughs) and also set the tone for like the training that you're going to be giving them so that they can continue to grow. And like how empowering for that employee to hear that, to be like, oh, wow, they're 
really trusting that I can handle this. And, you know, I have a lot of decision-making latitude here. And, you know, I think that is just going to go so far in building that teammate or employee's loyalty and commitment to the team. I think that's awesome. And I think that people like new leaders, especially underestimate how important it is to kind of spell that out. I've definitely worked with some managers who have said like, why didn't they just like take that on themselves? And it's like, well, people don't always know that they have the ability to do that. And I remember being, you know, a young leader and having people call me all the time about different things. And I'm like, you're welcome to kind of just solve that problem in the moment, like however you would do it. And then we can kind of talk about like, was that the appropriate solution? And they were like, whoa, I'm allowed to do that. And it's like, I never even thought I needed to spell that out. So I think it's very surprising, but also not surprising that people don't know, like if, you know, I hear a lot of times, like, I don't know if I'm stepping on someone's toes or I don't know if I'm even allowed to make that decision. So don't assume that people are just going to take something on unless you've given them permission to do that. So that wraps up this episode of the Brazen Podcast. So if you want to dive deeper into working on the leadership skills to stop micromanaging and stop delegating and building trust in your team, then I would really encourage you to check out our Patreon. We have a ton of really, really affordable resources and coaching options there. The highest price is $25 a month. So, you know, if you're working on building up your leadership skills, that is a really great place to start. And also, if you're looking for maybe some more personalized and targeted coaching and advice, check out our 90 minute new manager training. Valerie will sit with you for an hour and a half and talk over what your particular challenges are, what your strengths are, and kind of come up with a plan that's going to help you build your leadership skills. So both of the links for those things are in our show notes. And so check that out. And if you have any questions, reach out to us through email. It's the best way to get in touch with us. And until next time, keep being brazen. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brazen Podcast. We'd love to hear more about your parenthood or child-free journey. So please feel free to email us at hello at brazenwomen.com. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and share the episode so we can get the word out there. We'll be back here next Tuesday, but in the meantime, keep being brazen.